Hello, you've just stepped into my at-home practice here on the At-Home Tarot Podcast. This is a space where we are continually self-evolving and relationally evolving using the energy of the tarot. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to At-Home Tarot. I am your host, Jenna Dale, and I'm here to speak into your life and speak from our collective tarot practice around what you can expect over the next 10 days. I've been spending a little time beginning this um, series, I guess you might call it, called Tarot Transits. In Tarot Transits, are kind of a little known thing. It's not talked about as much um, in the tarot community in terms of more public readings for people who may not be, you know, uh, learning tarot on a very deep level or becoming a reader. But every card in the deck is associated with a time frame. And so just like planets moving through the sky, we also move through the tarot deck in a year. And right now we are entering into the tarot transit of the Eight of Swords. And so in this episode, I wanted to spend some time really diving deep into the Eight of Swords, one of my most favorite cards, as much as it looks very oppressive, it doesn't necessarily have a um an an impact when you first look at this card and you can can google it and I'll explain in a little bit what it looks like it's not one of those happy cards when you first take a look at it but it's one of the first cards I ever pulled in my tarot deck my very first tarot deck and it holds a really special place for me around personal liberation and noticing that um, we can be freer than we we might imagine. So I'm I'm really excited to dive deep because I know this is a card that comes up for people and we sort of cringe or we want to put it back or we're like, uh, you know, yes, I'm stuck, but there's so much more here than just the feeling of feeling stuck. So I'm going to go over how you might feel with this card, what the potential is, and then I'm going to dive deep and really talk about the ins and outs of this card and do the tarot spread that is associated with the eight of swords. Before we begin, though, I really want to take an opportunity to say, please come gather with me. I am waiting and in receivership of anyone who wants to share space with me to do tarot inside of my tarot circle. This is a space I really hope to see grow and I will just continue to be with that space. And so what that is, is it is an intention setting circle where we sit on the last Sunday of every month at 9 a.m. Pacific time for 90 minutes. And during that 90 minutes, we get to reflect on where we've been over the last four weeks and reflect on where we're heading as we enter the new month. 
And so tarot circle this time is next week on Sunday. So you have about a week to RSVP and let me know that you're going to join me and pay the small fee associated with attending just for a little bit of my time. And of course, um, you know, to cover any sort of expenses on zoom and whatnot to, um, to host. And so these are $22 for a seat. And so you can really just think about it almost like a drop in workout class and that you're really just there to cover, cover a few expenses. Um, but you're not investing like you would in something you're going to go to and get a lot of one-on-one time, which of course you can do in my private sessions. But that said, there is magic in tarot when we gather in, in a group. And there is, I believe, a special energy that happens when we pull tarot with another person or other people. Those moments are so precious to me. It's why I've always really called in some people, especially since 2020, to sit on Sunday and do tarot with me. That we can keep each other grounded and expanded by just saying, yes, let's hold ritual together on a regular basis to go deep or to go shallow, whatever comes up for you. And so I really want to invite you into this space. It was a beautiful time last time. I spend a little bit of time talking about the astrological events. This time I'm going to bring in the tarot transits that are coming for the month and talk about that story. And so as you do that, you can reflect on where you've been, that some of it might already be arriving for you and where it's all heading. And then I will be bringing forward a um, individual tarot reading, a spread, right? A plan that you can pull your own cards on, whether you're a beginner or you're someone who's been doing tarot for decades. This is just a space to sit and pull those cards to ask other members or ask myself if a particular card feels really sticky for you or what you're reading in your book or your resource or just intuitively seems a little blocked. You need someone to mirror that or reflect what they know about the card to really expand your understanding. And then we spend the last little bit um, really transforming those into action. What little action, what little tasks, what planning, what can I be doing in the next month? What can I put on my calendar after this to really support this energy to land with me? And even more so to support yourself as you be with this energy. So if you haven't joined me yet, this is only our second month. So it's just beginning. And so there's a, it's a great way to start in at the ground level with me. There are only 20 seats available and in time, those 20 seats will go to people who are repeat attenders, meaning I will always email the people who attended the last circle first so that they can get the first chance at a seat. So if you're someone who's been thinking about this, who's been hearing about this and you're kind of curious 
that maybe this could be a really beautiful monthly gathering and ritual for you for $22, then please come because that adds you to the list of the first people to hear about the next one and the first people to even access being able to secure a spot. And so I really hope that you will set aside that time to come with us. It really is a beautiful thing to join live, but there is a recording if you can't make it and you still really want to participate. Um, so there is a link in the show notes and I really hope to see your shining bright face with me on that day. All right, let's get into this card. And as always, if this really resonates with you and you want a deeper reading, please head to the show notes and order a video reading or reach out to me and I can get you the link to a private session with me. Okay, let's do a bit of a, a sweeping generalization of the Eight of Swords here. Um, so from May 21st, that's today, Sunday, to next Wednesday, the 31st, we are entering the portal and the transit of the Eight of Swords. Eight of Swords is the change of thoughts, we call it. The change of thoughts. Isn't that just beautiful to think that this card is initiating it in us a chance to change, transform, alchemize our, our inner landscape, the way we look at the world, the way we look at ourselves, the things that we believe are possible or not possible, all of this is happening. And in essence, it is asking us to change the way we see our own agency and our own power so that we can actually begin to exert it out into the world, into our world, into our life, into our experience of getting to be human and live this human life. So some feelings that you might feel when we have the Eight of Swords on deck and we're moving through its transit and its energy, of course, along with everything else we're feeling through all our other astrology that's happening. And of course, you can check out the numerous podcasts I have um, around that. And of course, to give you a bit of a recap, we have Jupiter entering Taurus, we have Mercury in Taurus, we have Uranus in Taurus, we have Venus in Cancer, we have Mars moving out of Cancer into Leo yesterday, we have Chiron in Aries, Neptune and Saturn are in Pisces, and we have Pluto in retrograde just moving out of Aquarius soon and back into Capricorn. A lot is happening. A lot of big things are happening for us in this energy. And then this eight of swords shows up to really allow us to change that internal so that we can actually start changing the external. So do not be surprised if over the next 10 days or even now, even in the days leading up to the Eight of Swords, if you've felt a little tied down, if you've felt a little claustrophobic inside yourself, 
if you felt really stifled or suppressed or wanting to suppress parts of you, wanting to hide, if you felt shame, embarrassment, humiliation, if you still feel dominated or victimized, you might feel unmoored and mostly just stuck, stuck in place, stuck where you are, unable to make a decision, unable to take action, unable to change anything, and unable to see very clearly. It really is this card. And so, of course, you may also start feeling the opposite if it was to be reversed for you during this time, liberated, unbound, set free, taking up space, anchored and moving forward, change, able to change and a new site for yourself. This card really gives us the potential to clear our vision, especially when it comes to the way we see the world and the way we see ourselves in that world. We get fresh eyes, we get new eyes. We also have the potential to undo any old victim programming, old you are less than or you are powerless programming. You have the potential to release any sort of inner binds of old domination, old suppression, old stories, you know, old religious stories or conditioning. You can actually begin to move forward a little more clearly and see what that was and see where you are now. All of that giving us the potential to head in a new direction, to release our old behaviors, to release old beliefs that might just be a residue of what there once was there and the potential to free our thoughts, especially the ones that keep us hidden. The thoughts that tell us to imprison ourselves, hide ourselves, stay where we are, get smaller. And really this card is the potential to be our own saviors. So that's a really quick recap of how you might feel and what the potential is. Let me describe the card just a little bit and talk, talk about it. In this card, there is a person, it might be assumed that it is a woman, but they are standing in a red dress with a blindfold on and their arms are bound to their sides and around their hips, their legs being free. They are sort of in a circle or half moon circle of swords in the ground and you can just feel that they feel like they're stuck inside them, that there's no way out, even though there actually is a big gap to leave that space. They're on the ground, but there's also puddles on the ground and behind them, we wonder if there's water, but it's hard to tell. There's a gray landscape behind them and far off in the distance, there is this gray cliff that has a castle or a dwelling on it. Really interesting card. 
And so this card for us from the 21st to 31st is about a ref- being a reflection of imprisonment. And it reflects that that imprisonment now has the potential to lead to really, really great freedom and inner liberation. It obviously shows someone who's very clearly imprisoned, right? Uh, They've been in prison. They've been bound up, correct? They've been bound up. They've been tied up. They've been dominated. And really, this card is supposed to symbolize the oppressed experience. So being in a situation where you felt really oppressed, really dominated, really stuck, really imprisoned. I think we can think about where we are in the world and why this impacts us so much right now, that these are real things that we are experiencing. So this isn't just inside our head. It's that this has actually happened. Uh, But the eight says, not really like what now, but how do we cut these ties? How do we become free again after this? And so we might start to see that on the world stage a lot of questions of how do we free ourselves from this. The castle in the background is really significant because it symbolizes for us in our personal life, some old authority, something you slowly moved away from, despite all the hindrances, right? Despite being bound up, despite not being able to see, you have actually made it this far completely bound up by this old authority. It's been such a part of the way you think, right? It's been internalized. And so despite all of that, despite the way that those thoughts, beliefs, uh, conditioning has hindered you, has maybe dominated you, that domination really taught you you know, what to believe about yourself, that domination really taught you what to believe about the world. So yes, you've made it forward. Yes, you've been struggling forward. Yes, you've been getting out of that, right? The castles in the background, we have made it so far being so tied in and having these old views and this old internalization within us, we've actually made it really far. So there's a moment here to pause and celebrate how far you've come. And then there's a moment to realize we're still carrying those old thought patterns with us. So yes, you've made it a long way, still acting inside the confines of what that authority instilled in you. What is that authority for you? right? It might be old religion. It might be dominating parents. It might be a controlling relationship. It was hindering you. It was dominating you. It was telling you things about yourself. And yet you still made it this far with all of those thoughts rolling inside of you, with all of those things being repeated with all of that being instilled in you, you still made it this far way to go, right? We need to appreciate that. We've been trying to get ourselves free. And I think we've been trying to to set ourselves free from this, this domination. 
but this is a time where, <laughs> you know, things sort of hit the fan and things really get stuck. And, and we have this potential of quicksand, right? We're in the sand and yet there's this water here. Well, what happens? We start getting stuck in the mud, right? Or the quicksand, depending on how bad it is. And so this card really depicts a time where, you know, we all might be feeling like we're a little locked inside a circle of our own making. Um, but to really understand that, you know, all of this, the, the thoughts, right, the inner critic, all of these old beliefs that aren't working and actually feel really kind of terrible to us now. And again, this could be external, but this is also, you know, the eight is really about our internalization of it, the way we think, um, you know, we've really internalized this from all of that time we spent, um, with an authoritarian religion or government, all that time we spent with an oppressive parent, all that time we spent in a relationship with someone who was constantly trying to dominate you know, all of this is just internalized from that time. So these older recent situations really tied up our ability to, to act in these really freeing and personally expansive ways, of course. Um, and this card actually tells us we're no longer in that situation. So that, that exact situation is no longer as present in our life as it once was. For some people, you know, there's, it might be closer than others, right? This card really wants us to look at the, that leftover residue within us um, that's really affecting now, you know, what's going on in our own head and in our own beliefs about ourselves. You know, this is, this is really about being like, oh, this thought, this feeling, this fear, this story about myself, all of it's being brought on from residue of my past and whatever dominated me in the past around who I was and, you know, what, what I am and am not allowed to do, what my vision gets to be, how I get to walk through my days, how I get to love, what my relationships get to look like. And this is all moving us to a place of trying to clear our vision of ourselves so that we can finally look upon ourselves and go, actually, I'm a whole vibrant, free, good person. Actually, all those things are true. So, you know, it was just from this time where I felt like I was being pressed down upon and tied up by that relationship, by that person, um, by that, that, uh, by that political party, um, by that, that workspace, um, by that group of friends, by that old religion, so, you know, these, these forces that once isolated us, of course, we're trying to, to see, to keep us down or keep us where we were. Usually it was these people or institutions acting out of fear that if they didn't dominate, you weren't going to stick around with them. And 
now that you have come this far away from them, you've stepped out of their grasp, right? Their actual physical grasp, right? There's no oppressors in this card. We don't see them. They're back in the past of this card. So we're really looking to our past here. You know, now that they're not present with us right in front of us all the time, we realize that they really trained us to believe in our own helplessness, to believe in our own lack, to believe in our own wrongness, to believe in our own badness, to believe in our own um, incapability of doing something. You know, people who dominate us will tell us, you're not good at that. You don't get to do that. That's a bad way to look at things or a bad way to be. Your opinion of this is wrong. That's domination. And we can all probably think of moments where we might have said something like that out of turn or out of emotion. And to realize that so much of what's in us has come from this external voice. And that we have been getting free. And this is a big moment for us to get even freer. And so the truth of the card is nothing here with you right now, right this second is actually truly preventing you from leaving this really stuck place or this feeling of stagnancy behind that all you need to do is simply exert effort to slip the ties that bind you to pull off the blindfold, to reorientate yourself to where you are now. And let your intuition guide you in a new direction, right? This card is an initiation during this time for us. It's an initiation to gain some sort of special or new awareness of where we learn to see ourselves in such an ignorant and self-defeating way, right? Where did I learn to see myself in this self-defeating way and to not just intellectualize this, to not um, just know this on a logical level, meaning, well, I know I grew up in this religion or I knew I had this really um, uh, abusive or dominating relationship, or I know my parent was very dominating or oppressive to me. Great. It's good to know that. But that's a logic thing. That's an intellectual thing. And so this card really wants us to truly feel into that acceptance of what this is through the experience of this outcome that now you are stuck in life with that voice inside your head and it's allowing you to get sunk in the mud of your life right? We want to almost experience a slight pain point or uncomfortability that it's great that you know that that's your trauma or that's your past or that's what you've internalized. And then to really feel the impact, to really let the impact of that be felt by you because it's going to give us the motivation to to rip off the ties that bind, to 
to walk ourselves out of that muck. You know, it is logic very rarely motivates. Logic very rarely inspires. You know, logic very rarely is the spiritedness required to move out of something. You know, when we're in the muck, we can feel humiliated and shameful. We might want to sink all the way down into that quicksand so that we're hiding. And that would be a really real way to, to, to feel. And you might have days or have been having days around that where you've been sinking into the mud and you don't want to be seen. But the deeper, deeper essence of why someone might want to stay hidden in their blindfold you know, these experiences make us want to isolate and hide out um, rather than, than own and have to come to terms with the fact that now we have to take responsibility for this past conditioning. Not that we created it, not that kind of responsibility, but the responsibility of taking off the binds, the responsibility of saving ourselves you know, not without the help of others, but intrinsically not going back to the same place to, to untie what binded us in the first place, what taught us to be so down on ourselves. And, you know, this really is a time to take responsibility for what you think about yourself now based on, you know, that, that past authority. And, the people or places or things or institutions that we gave up authority to as an adult. And it's a time to really begin to exercise our power to move with new agency as we are now, where we are today. So this card invites us into a conscious, conscious, <laughs> uh, funny little story. I used to go to speech therapy as a child. Um, and sometimes the word conscious really screws me up. Let me try this again. This card invites us into a conscious initiation and evolution. One we have to decide for ourselves that we're going to take. One where we are going to cut the blindfold, look back over our shoulder at the conditioning, look back over the shoulder at the landscape of how we were dominated and manipulated and say, Oh, I see that now. Actually, this is how things are. Not the way somebody's been whispering in my ear because I've been blind to it. I've been in denial. This is what I actually see about that. This is how things actually are. This is where I stand now. They're not around anymore to enforce this. And it is not what they have been telling me this whole time. That what they have been telling me this whole time is completely untrue about myself. Okay, we can watch us do, definitely we can see this on the world stage, but as I always do in this podcast, it is about personal evolution and how when we change, it ripples into the world. So this is about truly the eight. It, it is about being able to stand in that moment 
with our head up and our eyes clear and take stock of where we're at and go, whoa, that authority is so far behind me, right? That castle in this card, it is so far in the distance behind us. And the only reason I'm still here and there's mud below my feet is because I allowed that voice to tie me up and tell me I had to stay right here, that I couldn't go any farther than this, that this was acceptable. And we really don't notice. And 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 to get a little personal, you know, I, I feel this so much in my life. And my own trauma is health trauma. And so I have a lot of things that have dominated the way I feel about my body. Some society with fat phobia and things like that, which also came through in family settings, of course, which I internalized. But even more recently, noticing how health crisis, near-death experiences has had a really big impact on my body. And that my fear was also a domination, right? It wasn't necessarily uh, a person, place, or institution, although you could say medical, right? Medical institution. But really, at the end of the day, it was my fear, my fear that my body was an enemy. You know, during that time, I became fearful of my own body and the power it had over my life. And we all sort of come up with, meanings and internalize what something meant. And sometimes that's life giving. You know, I could have looked at my body and said, wow, it really tried to save me. But that was not where I was in my life. I was in a very victimized stance, a very dominated stance, a very fearful stance, where, you know, people were always against me more often. And so why would my body be any different? And so when you hear this story, look at how my whole past begins to combine. You know, that people are bad was something I learned in childhood. I don't know if that was intentional, but just that you could really screw up or that things could break if you were a bad person. And so I was also carrying shame that, you know, maybe I was a bad person and this is why my body was doing what it was doing to me. None of this clear to me until the last year. And I am closing in on nine years from the time that happened. So isn't that interesting? And that's what I mean by the past. And so this card actually asks us to look over, especially with some astrology energy uh, coming in. We're, we're closing in, coming in June, uh, coming back into Capricorn with Pluto, right? Pluto's in retrograde. It's asking us to look over the last 10 years. What has happened over the last 10 years and how has that been driven by the conditioning and the thoughts and the way where we were dominated from a very young age? And that none of this is a problem we need to solve. I don't need to go back and change my past. I don't need to go back and change my parents. I don't need to go back and fight against the medical community where I was. They actually took really good care of me. They just didn't move it into the healing space afterwards. They just made sure I was alive after. But there was no process of what now. 
what about the way my, you know, what about all of these other experiences I had in my body, in my heart, in my mind, when you have a near-death experience? None of that was cared for. But I can't go back and change that. And I don't think it's my life work to change the medical community. I think it is for some people. But we only have so much capacity. And, you know, I'm here for different things. And so look at me stuck in the mud this year. I've been stuck in the mud, feeling like I want to hide, feeling the tension of having to be my own savior, finally, feeling like I'm on the precipice of change, which I've been telling my coaches and therapists, I'm on the precipice of change. I'm right there. I can feel it. And yet I still feel so stuck. That is eight of swords energy. It's like this divine intuition and knowledge that everything is about to change. And yet, why do I feel like my feet are like locked up to the knees? Or why do I feel like I can't move or that I'm stuck or that I'm still in this inner doubt about myself? And to really, when we take the blindfold off, and this is just work this part of this work has only happened in the last six months for me. And so you can look at that as a small amount of time, but also quite a long amount of time that it takes time to bring that awareness up and begin to view the past for what it was, that it wasn't what a lot of the meaning I made. A lot of the meaning that I made was based in how other people taught me how to make meaning that there could have been a different meaning that didn't happen for me. And that it really maybe wasn't what I thought it was. And my sight has cleared. And the more my sight clears, the more the mud is beginning to feel more like sand again. And I'm getting movement back. And I'm beginning to slowly move forward and trudge through the muck in the direction I needed to go in the first place. So there's this weird sort of coming back around and returning but you are where you are. You have made progress. And that's really cool too. But you're probably waking up to the fact that you need to pull off the blindfold and and cut the ties that bind you like I am because it feels so damn uncomfortable to keep living this way, to keep looking at yourself this way. And if you feel that way, you can probably hear in my voice, please sleep. <laughs> please get some rest. It's it's an initiation and that takes it out of us. Be as freaking resourced as you can through this, please. I know that's not always easy to do, but if you have to exchange work, if you have to just do whatever you can, do it. Do it. Do whatever you can. Uh, being resourced in this has been such such a support. Having people who can see me and really ease me out of the muck has been so great, especially on that mental side of things. Okay, I think we've talked about this card enough. Now there is a spread associated with this card. It's called Releasing the Ties That Bind. And there's five cards and you lay them all out in a row because it's about you progressing through the mud and 
progressing straight towards your evolution. Now that you realize so much of this shift can happen just by shifting your what's going on in your head and what you believe about yourself and your perspective. And so I'm going to tell you what these cards are and what I got for us and, and talk a little bit about them. So the first card is what thoughts imprison me. Okay. What thoughts imprison me? And I got the five of cups. And so I think the thoughts that imprison us are those of regret of those of us looking back and wishing it had gone differently. And the thoughts that get really emotional and get us really emotional about what we lost out on, that there might be stories of what could have been if you had saw these thoughts really quickly and move beyond them, or if you didn't have the past you had, or that relationship didn't dominate you, or you didn't grow up in some sort of uh, space where you were under an authority figure, you know, those thoughts imprison us. And that's when I say the victim mindset, that's what I mean. It's not that we can't become real victims in this world because we can. People do things. They do things without our consent. And and that is victimization. And nobody's saying it's not. Absolutely. The victim mindset is when we internalize a situation that we didn't have control or choice over agency where something happened without our consent, we internalized it. And now even in our thoughts and our beliefs, even around other things or around similar situations or about ourselves, this mindset is stuck in that moment where we were the most powerless where we actually were a victim, right? I was actually in a way like a victim, right? I had a pulmonary embolism. Um, I almost died. You know, I was, I was the victim of uh, a near death experience. You know, the oppressor was my body, but probably also other things like stress and, I won't go into it, but you can imagine there's, it's more than just my body. My body was really trying to help me. Um, a lot of it was, was a lot of other things in my life that were dominating me and got me to the point, um, where something like that sort of took over. But there are these moments where we didn't get to consent. And because of it, we now believe that we still don't get to consent, that we should be listening to everybody else. And to believe that we actually have a lot less power. Now, I believe there's a beautiful spiritual experience that can happen when we embody powerlessness. Um, I think it's a beautiful practice for codependence because we often try to exert control and power where it's not ours. We actually become dominators ourselves in some way, sometimes an underhanded way, sometimes in a backhanded way. And obviously I think codependents have huge hearts. They don't want to be doing it, but we haven't been able to accept our own powerlessness. So powerlessness is neutral. I believe, I think it can be a spiritual experience. And then I think it can be a victimizing experience and an oppressive experience. Um, 
And it just really depends on agency. In the first powerlessness, we have agency to choose to not force through things that we have no control over. In the second, we had no agency to stop something that we it would have been in our benefit to stop and it wasn't able to happen. We didn't end up having our agency for whatever reason, whatever way that has looked like for you. And so I think the five of cups shows up to say that, you know, this is about that moment and the thoughts that imprison us are thoughts of regret and thoughts of past pain and thoughts of the loss that occurred and the loss of what could have been our life up till now had that experience not happened, had that relationship not dominated us, had that situation not occurred, had we not grown up again under authority in some way. So those are the thoughts that imprison us because we actually can't change the past we had. And so while I think there's no wrong emotion to have and that we are going to have to grapple with these, I think what this is telling us, is we've been grappling with these for a long, long time. And that the more we sink into them, the more stuck we feel. We're, we're allowed to move forward. Um, and that may look different for everybody. Let's continue on because there's not necessarily a solution to that in this card. It's just pinpointing the thoughts that keep us in the most stuck stagnancy, in the shame, in the hiding. How do we release this old mindset or behavior? And I got the two of swords. Interesting note about the two of swords. They call her the little high priestess. She looks so similar to the high priestess, but without all of the high priestess's um, knowledge and accolades and, and practices. And so she, she has to protect herself. She has to protect her intuition because she doesn't really have anything else. She's kind of put on guard in a way. And so how do we release this old behavior and this old mindset? We need to make hard difficult decisions. And in order to do so, we need to protect our heart and our intuition at the same time, unblocking it for us. So we don't have to let anyone else access this, but we need to stop blocking it from ourselves. We've been blocking it because we know that if we let our intuition speak, there's going to be difficult decisions ahead, difficult choices, things that might have an effect on our heart. Again, another sword card. I want to offer you a little moment of hope in that I've had to make difficult decisions as well, and it doesn't have to happen in an instant. 
I think that the beautiful part of the two of swords and its connection to the high priestess and even just the way it's drawn with somebody sitting on a pedestal with the water behind them and, you know, swords over them is there's a slowness to this card. This person also has blindfold on, so they also don't want to see the decision. So there's also a huge connection to the eight of swords here as well. That we just rather not see these things. Ignorance is is bliss, isn't it? Until it's not. And if you don't feel in bliss, then you can't do this anymore. The ignorance isn't working anymore. You're performing ignorance and it's hurtful to you. And so we need to unblock our intuition, but just know that some of the big choices I had to make when moving through eight of swords and continue to have to make, it's slower than you think, you know, it's fast. We can make a decision, but the action takes time. And so the action is to make a decision to move through this. There's a, a little story I love because I love stories and it says there's three frogs on lily pads out in a pond and two of them decide to jump off and one of them decides to stay on their lily pad. How many are left on the lily pad? And most people say, well, one, because two decided to jump off. And the key trick of this is they are all still on their lily pad. All three frogs are still on lily pads because a decision is not an action. It's mental. And this is why it's in the swords suit. This is why it's two of swords and not two of wands, right? We're not doing anything yet. We made a decision. And so it's really important for me to get this through that how we release old behaviors and old mindsets is we unblock our intuition and start making hard decisions. But a decision doesn't mean we're, that life, that we, that circumstances are ready for us to take action on that decision. And this actually relieves a lot of pressure from us because we can decide and then we can wait for life and opportunities and ourselves to be ready to act on that decision. Now, I will say it's great when we can take immediate action. I'm a big fan of it, mostly because I've seen what not doing it in my life has, has um, happened for me, that now I'm trying to, to be conscious of when I can actually take immediate action. But there are choices and decisions I made a year or two before I was even able to make that come true. So if you've ever left a job that you decided a year before that you were going to leave, that's this, right? If you ever knew you were going to leave a relationship like months or years before you did, that's this energy. And so the way we start releasing this is we make the decision, but we don't have to force ourselves into action. Okay, and make that decision from your intuition. Get quiet for a few minutes. The next card is how I can save myself. Ah, love it. The way we save ourselves is to have the hard conversation. We have the five of swords. There's so many swords on the table in this reading, by the way. 
we have the messy conversation. We sort through the thoughts. We sort through um, these things. Sometimes the five is as simple as getting into some sort of therapy or some sort of group where you can talk this out. Because at its base, it's about sorting through what you think out loud. Out loud. And so for some of us, these are really supportive conversations. They're just a little uh, vulnerable. They're just a little messy. It just brings up a lot in us. And in others, these are the hard conversations. This is about saying the things we truly feel, even when people may not like it, when people may not be able to be with us in those thoughts. Um, It might turn some people off, turn some people away, but we really need to own what our decision is going to be. We need to take the risk of saying things out loud. And that's how we start to save ourselves. Even if it's just out loud to you first. All right. How do I safely land on two feet? How do I safely land on two feet? Six of swords. (laughs) I love it. So first we're saving ourselves by having the hard conversations, talking about these thoughts out loud, saying what we need to say. And again, we don't have to do that right away, right? Because the way we release this old behavior is we made a choice to have these conversations. We don't have to rush these conversations. There's going to be a window. I truly believe the best conversations about the biggest things. Oh, when we look for the window, the next window to talk about it. And if we miss it, the next window after that and so on. I know that when something's serious, that next window's coming very quickly. So there's no need for me to rush that conversation. There's nothing great that feels good about a forced conversation. But trust me, there's always another window. With the six, after we've done that, the six of swords of how we land safely on our feet, we let others in on what's inside of us. So we can start balancing out that mind. We can start balancing the chaos with the calm. And, you know, especially within us, especially with how we think. And because we let other people hold us as we rebalance the chaos of our mind, they help us move forward. And that's why I think in the five and how we save ourselves that part of it might be speaking into a group or to a friend or to a therapist because the six came in right after and said, man, you know, the way you really start getting grounded and land on your feet is to allow these people to help maneuver you forward through your own mind and help you recalibrate those thoughts and those feelings and those old internalized oppressive mindsets you have of yourself. And I know that's been true for me. So, you know, lean on the people you love, lean on your support systems, lean on groups, exchange work for someone who does holding space for people um, and see what that can do for you. The last card in this spread on how to release the ties that bind us is what direction we should head in. And this was the Ace of Cups. And I love that for us because we had so many swords, but this little spread on releasing the ties that bind, what imprisons us and the direction we should head are both cups. 
which tells me that the thoughts we have are so based in our emotional life, right? They're so based in our heart. And so the thoughts that imprison you are derived from your feelings, your emotions, but also the directions you're heading in are also based in your feelings and your emotions. This is when we really start to see a merging and a wholeness of what's happening in my mind is not just happening in my mind. It's happening in my body. It's happening in my heart. It's happening in my spirit. And then it's rippling out into my life. My life is a reflection of what's within me. And so the direction we're heading is Ace of Cups. And I think there's the seed of this huge emotional healing happening in us. The seed of how to create a heart and a life that is emotionally reciprocal. How to form connections with people who will not dominate us, but they will remind us to believe in ourselves and they will in the six of swords, check the things we're thinking and tell us when, Hey, like that's not working for you and help bring you out of the mess of the thoughts you have sometimes about yourself. This is about new connections, new relationships, new love. And it doesn't have to be romantic, although for some of us, it may be about searching out new. Um, we're, we're heading in the direction of searching out new relationships or a new romantic relationship or direction for ourselves. For others, it might be new friends, new coworkers. For others, it's, it's new rituals, new practices that allow our heart to really come back to a fullness and come back to this place of emotional healing. And I think that this is beautiful. The direction is so much rooted in our heart and our intuition because the cups and the water really do speak to the intuition at play underneath some of these choices and decisions we need to make. And I think there's a chance to really get back into touch with what our intuition, what our heart tells us is true about us versus what we're getting from the external world. And the way the external world can sometimes, you know, um, uh, bind us up and tie us up in place and keep us where we are. Um, it can feel safe to be there because, you know, walking around with a blindfold and binds, that feels very unsafe. So we might just stay where we are and that's okay. Be proud of yourself if you're taking care of yourself that well when things feel dangerous, when life feels chaotic. It's okay to have made the decision to stay where you are out of a sense of requiring safety right now. Never shame yourself for that. Okay. Beautiful. <laughs> and you're here now. And if you're somewhere you've been safe and now the muck is taking you down, that's just a sign that it's time to start getting free and let that take time. Isn't this a wonderful reading? 
I've never talked so deeply and thoroughly about the Eight of Swords. You know, sometimes with tarot readings, we only spend a few minutes on a card. At most in a reading, maybe I'll spend five, six, seven minutes on a single card. But there's so much depth to each of these cards. And I'm really enjoying going through them piece by piece with you. Um, and allowing you to have a deeper vision of these cards as well. You know, when we understand the energetics and the stories and the personal experiences embedded in these cards, when you pull the eight of swords after listening to this, how could you not remember if you were with me, if you were engaged as you listened to this and you were thinking about your life experiences and the way you kind of listen to authority figures or were victimized or oppressed and what you have been doing to get free and move forward and how you have before or now you are again hitting a bit of a wall and feeling stuck and knowing this is a time once again to make even bigger decisions to get out of that view of yourself, that view of the world. You're never going to forget get that now when you pull the eight of swords and that's how you become a really proficient tarot reader is you bring in life into these cards you know people read these cards a hundred years ago 300 years ago now we're in 2023 how do we read them now for our life now and we do that by really seeing what this card is in terms of real life and in terms of situations that are happening in life and things we've gone through or things we've seen other people go through. So really beautiful. And I'm glad you're on these journeys with me. These tarot transit podcasts are my favorite. Um, so do count on if I have some low energy weeks, which happen. And there's a lot going on astro astrologically, which also happens that if I'm not keeping up with every single astrological thing happening. I will always, I'm making a little statement, promise, commitment, devotion to myself as we end May, because there was some, some themes around, um, expanding what we're devoted to and what we're attracted to and what we want to marry ourselves to in this lifetime. Um, I want to keep doing these tarot transits with you. I have gotten so much out of them. I will keep trying to do a lot of the astrological things. Sometimes there's just a lot happening over a very short amount of time. And so I may not be able to, I may have to start doing um, some combined or just picking the ones that I think maybe we want to talk about the most, but I'm going to keep doing these tarot transits because why not? If it feels this good, why not keep doing it? that feels like big Mars and Leo energy. If it feels good and I get to express myself and maybe even help you express yourself more, um, in your love life, in your life in general, why not just keep doing that? <laughs> All right. That's what I have for you today. If you've enjoyed this, please, please come to Tarot Circle, invite a friend, show up. You guys can even join together in a single place on the same Zoom. So if you have a friend you'd love to do this with, why not invite them over 
and join with me over Zoom. Um, I would actually love to see that. That'd be so cool. Um, if you do, uh, do remember you both need to reserve a spot. Um, so make sure you both put your names down for that, um, as, as separate, separate RSVPs. Um, but you can always join over the same, same zoom link. Uh, that's in the show notes and I hope to see you there. That's next Sunday. Imagine just this, but live in person and with your own cards. So enjoy. Have a wonderful week. There's some astrological things happening and I don't yet know if I'll be able to record a podcast for them. So just tune in and root in to this if so. And let me know on Instagram. You can tag me either at home tarot, which is like the at and then at home tarot, or you can tag me at Jenna Dale. Um, I'd love to hear or see who's listening, what it's bringing up in you, where you're listening to it. If you're, you love to share about your life and what you're doing, what you're listening to, what you're reading. Um, I would just love to connect. And if there's anything you want to bring forward, um, there's actually two places you can message me on either of those Instagram accounts. Um, you can, also head to anchor.fm backslash at home tarot. And you can actually leave me a voice memo, which I think could be really cool. Um, If you have questions about cards that are coming up for you, questions about tarot, where relating love, self-evolution, codependency sort of merges with the tarot deck. If you have any of those questions or comments, please send me those voice memos because I can insert them into the podcast. I I would love to answer some audience questions and just allow you to be a little more involved and round out this space. Um, I just love hearing from you. I don't always get back to you. And I don't always get back to people on Instagram or emails that they send, but I read each and everything. What you have to say to me feels so important So do not let the fact that my capacity may not be allowing me to respond to you in an appropriate manner deter you. Just know that I read each and every word and I, and I, I feel so deeply about that connection that's forming. So thank you. All right. I care about you. Be well. We'll see you next time.